Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right, this is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. That's how I know. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Thursday, December 21st. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Peter Canisius, priest and doctor of the church. I'm John Morales. Glenn Leverens is off today. Our producer, Sarah Tafoya, is with us in studio. And our thanks to Brooke Taylor for filling in uh, with the news. Uh, it's so good to be with you here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. In fact, the new and improved Relevant Radio app. More on that in a moment. Uh, here we are. It's Thursday of the third week of Advent and uh, only four more days until Christmas. Now, uh, we have a very special Christmas gift for you. In fact, it's a long time in the making, a brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. Before you head over the river and through the woods for your Christmas travels, make sure that you download our updated app. It only takes a a few moments. You can do it in less than 90 seconds. That's what it took me to do it uh, yesterday. As always, you can listen to our live shows. Uh, You can uh, find a podcast of all your favorite programs, including uh, Morning Air. Uh, But uh, now you're going to be able to jump ahead with easy-to-navigate chapters, and you can also listen on autoplay. So uh, it's really uh, perfect uh, for your binge listening when you're driving over the holidays. You can also check out our Best of the Week segments or the Saint series uh, from the Merry Beggars and so much more. Uh, it is an awesome uh, update uh, to our already very, very popular uh, uh, app. All you have to do is downloaded or updated from your uh, app store and uh, or go to the website. You can do it on the website as well at relevantradio.com slash app. So it's really exciting news. It, uh, it broke yesterday afternoon and uh, we chatted about it and so far the reaction has been absolutely outstanding. In fact, uh, one listener emailed Father Rocky and said, it's not only a home run, it's a grand slam. Wow, that means people are on deck and uh, on all the bases. I can't believe it. Yes, absolutely. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. Uh, happy first day of winter. Uh, yes, it you know, it had to happen, but uh, it, it's right around the corner, and here it is. And so now we have to face the reality we're in the middle of winter. I guess for some people, it's their favorite the, time of year. The good news is that starting tomorrow, the days get longer. Well, uh, it's a long time before they're long enough for me. But yes, it, it's the beginning <laughs> of the future, so that's good. All right. Uh, we also uh, welcome in uh, Brooke Taylor, who you just uh, listened to a moment ago uh, with the news filling in for Glenn. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning. Good morning, John and Sarah. Good to, to be with you. And uh, we're going to have a little fun here this morning. Uh, uh, but, but, but first, uh, I want to just remind the folks that uh, not only is this today the first day of winter, it's also uh, today and tomorrow the two uh, busiest travel days of the year. In fact, uh, there is a, a lot of folks, according to AAA, uh, they are forecasting 115 million people will go at least uh, 50 miles or more uh, from home between Saturday and New Year's Day. And that will would include yours truly. We are uh, planning on taking a trip to my wife's. You're uh, going family. over the river and through the woods. Over the river okay. and 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 through the uh, the Good. Iowa uh, cornfields. 
<laughs> well, I think they've all been chopped down by now, but the, still, the field will still be there, so that's good. For sure. Well, we'll have a little fun here this morning. Obviously, uh, you know, this time of year is is a good time uh, here as we get ready for Christmas uh, to uh, pull out old DVDs if you still have a DVD player or your uh, favorite way of, of watching uh, movies uh, online um, and watch some Christmas movies. And there are so many of them. I was I was looking at the at the, the lists of Christmas movies yesterday, and it uh, it's it's quite impressive. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. Some people like the old time movies. Some people like uh, the more modern movies movies. What about you guys? Well, you know what? Hey, I asked our listeners what they preferred and they actually, they responded. They they said, hey, these are our favorites. So I'll list off a couple of the ones they said. They said Bells of St. Mary, a nice uh, Bing Crosby one, a White Christmas. Another Man, Bing's uh, doing well today. Miracle on 34th Street, either version. I got uh, rec- from both. And you know, this is one that I think this next one, everyone might not agree on this, but Die Hard, a movie that did happen during the time of Christmas, but very much an action adventure uh, movie. There's several movies that kind of fall into that. They're they're considered Christmas movies, but they're not the same kind of feel good, you know, lovey dovey ones. Uh, I got uh, Wonderful Life, of course. That's always got to be on the list. And uh, Bishop's Wife, another movie that people may or may not remember with uh, Cary Grant. They redid it. Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington and uh, Whitney Houston. So those were some of the picks from the, the fans out the, there. They're all good. Brooke, what's your favorite? Well, I'm really lined up with that list too, Sarah. So I feel in step because I do have <laughs> the Bing Crosby's on the list as my top with Holiday Inn. I oh, like that I was, one. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think of Christmas movies through the eyes of my kids. They loved the Polar Express. They mm-hmm. still do a Christmas story. Even a Charlie Brown Christmas, I think, is such a classic. That's on our top list. Elf, I mean, it's a, it's funny. It's goofy. It's a little irreverent. It certainly doesn't focus on the real meaning of Christmas. It's fun. But it's fun. Yeah, it it, it focuses on the four food groups, which is like syrup, candy, candy canes, and yeah. And, and <laughs> it is pro-life because the beginning of the story, the beautiful sister, and she's you know caring for the baby there, and then of course that's Buddy's story. Yeah, and I true. think it's it's cutely done. It's funny. For sure. All right. Uh, I'm very partial to It's a Wonderful Life uh, with yes. Donna Reed and Jimmy Stewart. I mean, that that movie touches my heart. I, a tear comes out of my eye every time I watch it. And, uh, you know, we, we actually have a clip uh, from It's a Wonderful Life. We do, but uh, we're going to skip right to What's That Sound? Because we're running out of time, John, and I have a lot of fun planned for what's that sound? Okay. So let's jump right, right into that. We can play Jimmy Stewart will be around. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's a fan <laughs> favorite. Okay, thanks, Brooke, for joining us today because we were uh, a man short, but you filled in. We appreciate that. And uh, the how the game? <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. Just, just, uh, just don't hear this sound. <clears throat> we don't want that. But uh, here's how it'll go. I'll give you uh, an audio clip here, John. Then I'll give one to Brooke, and uh, we'll see if you can figure out what that sound is. John, are you ready? I'm about as ready as can be. Okay, good. Let's see if you can figure this one out. Ooh. Sound pretty. Uh, that sounds like a, a laser being shot. Oh, no. Okay. Well, so let's be a sa- we're doing sounds of Christmas. I did not say that. So something that you think might be connected with Christmas and that sound. Any? Any? Do you want me to play it one more time? Play it one more okay. time. Okay. 
Hopefully this is not something you hear at Christmas time, but sometimes uh, it happens. Maybe like uh, the lights going off on the Christmas tree. There we go. An electrical <laughs> shortage. Sometimes that happens, and hopefully you're not the one holding the electrical cords when that happens because uh, that does not feel good, I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> no personal experience. Okay, Brooke, your turn. Here we go. Let's see if you can figure out what this sound is and how it, you know, what it might have to do with Christmas. Oh, my Boy, goodness. It, it almost sounds like a trash compactor or the garbage. No. Okay. Well, okay. Well, should I, it, um, John, any ideas? Uh, I am stumped on this one. Okay. Well, I'll give you I'll give you guys a, a little um, hint. It's some, well, okay. I'll just say what it is. It's uh, from the grocery store when you're moving around, maneuvering I, with your cart, was, and then you put I it back in the, the thing. End. Yeah. That sound at the end was supposed to be kind of the more of the hint that was like, Yep. Putting the cart back in because around this time of year, what are we doing? We're hustling very quickly around, maneuvering and jumping over is, kids. Is that the kind that, that you put the little quarter in? Well, some some depending on the grocery <laughs> store. Yes, Joe's? yes. Sometimes you have to do that as well. Very good. Hey, John. Now we know where you shop. Nice, good, good deal. Okay. One of our places. <laughs> well, very good. Okay, so we have one final one. This is now a, an audio clip from a movie. So I will accept the name of the movie, the name of the actor, anything you've got. Let's see if you can figure out this one. Santa, you killed him. Did not. Hmm. Who killed Santa? Does anybody know? Brooke, any guesses? Oh, it's for both of us. Yeah. Whoever. Oh boy, that sounds like an old one. Anybody? Let me. I'll play one more time. Let's see if you can okay. figure out the the voice or anything. Santa, you killed him. Did not. Well, maybe not an old one. She said, "Did it? Was it Santa? You're killing me." Yeah. It's it, no. It's not that. Is that what that's, that's not the movie that he said, uh, you killed Santa. Oh, I didn't kill him. No. John? I don't know, John. What do you think? It? I am lost There's for more words. than one of these movies. Oh, come on. It's the Santa Claus. That was Tim Allen. Oh, they that is Tim Allen. He falls off the roof, and his son said, hey, you killed Santa. He oh, claimed man. he didn't. So, uh, well, that's okay, guys. We have three more coming up next time, so stay tuned if you're playing at home, and thanks again <laughs> for playing in studio. We'll try again and see if you guys can figure out the sounds of Christmas on What's That Sound. More fun next hour. Th- thanks, uh, Sarah and Brooke. You got it. Uh, As always, we always begin every morning in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings, and we always pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God, and of course, we continue to pray as we've been doing for such a long time now for peace in the Middle East as well as in Ukraine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit. Uh, We ask the Holy Spirit uh, to help us every morning when we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we do every morning as well, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Luke 128. Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
These, of course, are the words of the angel Gabriel to Mary, our blessed mother, uh, who, who calls her full of grace. Let's invoke our Blessed Mother Mary, who said yes to God, resulting in the incarnation. In these final four days of Advent, let's continue to meditate on the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the reason for the season. And we always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. On uh, Thursdays, I always take a brief moment to, to remind you uh, about uh, the institution of the Holy Eucharist on Holy Thursday by our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, during this Eucharistic revival that our bishops have called for, let's try to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament today sometime if you get a chance. It doesn't have to be uh, super long, just a, a quick visit. So it's a really good practice uh, to do, uh, especially here in these final days of Advent. Advent, and it's a good practice any uh, time of the year. We need to take a, a short pause. When we uh, come back on the other side, uh, pediatric psychologist Dr. Jim Schrader will be with us to talk about graces and lessons taken away from being on the trail with his kids uh, from the Ohio River to the mighty Mississippi. So uh, stay with us. There is much more to come on this Thursday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. I love the Peanuts gang uh, to remind us of what Christmas really is all about. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with uh, producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Now, in case uh, you missed the big announcement yesterday, we have a special Christmas gift for you, a brand new update to the Relevant Radio app. Before you do anything uh, for your uh, Christmas uh, travel, Make sure that you download our updated app. As always, you can listen to our live shows. You can also have access to detailed descriptions of your daily podcasts and videos, as well as the live uh, memory meter counter uh, that updates in real time. Plus, you're going to love the extensive library of uh, prayer resources with both written and audio prayers. There's even prayers in Latin on this version. So uh, to make it even easier, to navigate uh, through this uh, updated Relevant Radio app. Uh, we have a short one-minute video that'll walk you through uh, some of the features and really tell you all about uh, all the basics. So uh, you can access this tutorial video. All you have to do is click on the main article in the app or on our website. It's called The Best Catholic App Just got better. Download or update your app from your app store or from the website at relevantradio.com slash app. I can tell you uh, it uh, it looks uh, fantastic. It, it only took me uh, about 90 seconds, less than two minutes to actually um, uh, update the app yesterday. So you're, you're gonna love it. As always, uh, you can send us an email directly. In fact, if you want to share your thoughts on what you think of the new app, love to hear from you. Um, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. 
Now, as you know, we're closing in on Christmas. And what about a feel-good story that has a ton of parallels to our everyday life? Our first guest this morning went on an adventure with four of his kids to accomplish the River to River Trail, 160-mile-long hiking trail that goes from the Ohio River to the Mississippi River. He and his children took away lots of graces and many lessons from their journey spread out over four years. Joining us live this morning from Evansville, Indiana, is pediatric psychologist Dr. Jim Schrader uh, to tell us about this epic hiking adventure. Dr. Schrader is a married father of eight, an endurance and Ironman athlete. He's also the vice president in the Department of Psychology and Wellness at the Easter Seals Rehabilitation Center in Evansville, Indiana. Uh, Dr. Schrader is also the author of Confessions of a Carless Commuter, and he has a podcast called Living a Whole Christian life. Good morning, Dr. Schrader. Thank you so much for joining us. It is uh, great to be with you once again here, just only a mere four days away uh, till Christmas. Yeah, great to be with you on the first day of winter, right? Exactly. You know, I was thinking about that, uh, how appropriate that we're talking about the, the outdoors uh, on, on the uh, the shortest day of the year and the first day of winter. The good news is the days get longer starting tomorrow. For sure, for sure. All right, uh, doctor, uh, uh, tell us what what uh, inspired you to decide to embark on this 160-mile-long hiking trail. Yeah, you know, I felt like that uh, years it was years ago, my, my kids, my oldest ones, were uh, in eighth grade, and there was just this call I felt from God to say, you know, before they graduate high school, you really need to embark on, and, and what we did was we segment hiked this 160, 157-mile-long trail. Um, you really need to embark on this journey because there are many graces, many things along the way that you probably won't even understand or until you really experience it. But it was one of those adventures that, you know, you really have to kind of seize the day when you see your kids growing up and you recognize that they're going to be out of the house, you know, sometime very soon. And in fact, our oldest will graduate uh, high school in May. And so um, there are a lot of probably complexities, but in, in essence, I would just say that God was really calling our family and those who uh, joined us to this journey to see what happens when you reveal the world on foot one step at a time. And obviously, you cannot reveal the world on foot if you're uh, uh, stuck in front of a computer or watching uh, your, uh, your iPhone. No, you can't. That, that, there's so many beautiful things, and again, through all the trials and challenges of the, the trail itself, is that when you remove yourself, we talked about this, away from all the busyness and the freneticism of life, and you really spend your time with the people that you love in God's natural world, um, it's just amazing. And I, and I think I was just astounded at the way that God revealed himself in so many different ways on the trail and, and revealed the world in a unique new way that we wouldn't have otherwise noticed if you're zipping by in the car, you know, um, and, and that just became the, the story, so much of the story of our journey. All right, Dr. Schrader, I'm just curious. I know that you're quite busy as a psychologist and also as a husband and father of eight. How in the world did you manage to, to find the time to accomplish such a, such a big adventure? That's uh, a, great, a great question. I honestly, I really, really feel like this was laid out by God for us. And there were lots of logistics and you can get on my website, uh, james-trader.com and read a little bit about that. And, and there's a book coming out next year. We'll talk much more, but um, it, it really, one of the things I think that I pulled away from the journey itself 
And one of the things I think is so critical in our daily life is that the, everything that you really pursue begins with a sense of attentiveness and just really acute attention to the tiniest of details. And, and if you've ever gone backpacking or you've ever even gone hiking with your kids, you know, there's a lot of little details, but it was trying to find, you know, those particular weekends when our kids weren't in sports or when, you know, there wasn't something else going on or, you know, there were just different ways. And it was really praying to God that this weekend would work out because, you know, we were at the mercy of the weather in some ways. And I, and I talked about this on the article, though, although we hit rain and we definitely had some really cold temperatures. I, I didn't want to expose the kids to anything real extreme. And so when I look back and I look at all the segments we did, I really just see the hand of God on that because I don't really know exactly how it quite all worked out the way it did. But I know that each each day, kind of each time that we were looking at, hey, here's the next segment and here's how this might work. And here's here's the people, you know, each, each segment along the way, I had someone at least join us, um, at least one family or our adult friend, which allowed us to drop a car. And that, that's the part of the miracle of the trail for us is that when I step in back, back and look at it, there were literally a thousand miracles along the way each time to allow this to occur. And I think part of it, part of what this journey was for us was kind of really a journey of faith, which is to say, you really don't know how this is going to work out. And you really don't even know if it's going to work out at all. But when we stepped away, by the way, ironically, uh, on December 23rd, 2019, so two days from now, you know, we walked into the up to the Ohio River at Elizabethtown, Ohio, or excuse me, Illinois. On December 23rd, it was 60 degrees high that day here um, in southern Illinois, which is really an unseasonably warm day. And right there, I thought, okay, here God blesses us with this day that could have been a really awful weather day. And maybe that's just where we start with the blessings and go forward. You mentioned um, a thousand miracles. That that sounds like uh, lots of, of blessings. Can you give us a, an idea, just like maybe a, a few examples of some little uh, minor miracles? Well, the weather was definitely one of the not even minor miracles because I really wanted to avoid the peak bug season and the hot season where the ticks and other things come into being. So all but two of our segments um, were October through um, March, which meant again that I could be of you know have planned this on a weekend where it ends up being really icy or really snowy, and we wouldn't have gone at that point given the kids' age and what we had available. Um, so the weather was certainly a miracle in many ways. I also have a group, you know, I have a group of friends that I go backpacking with. I've kind of led a men's trip every year for a while, um, but in every single time, you know, I would send this out to the group at least again, one of those particular friends said, hey, you know what, this weekend, I'll do it. And that might have meant them driving two or three hours. That might have meant kind of logistically when, you know, for example, that very first segment, which was on December 23rd, I just had one friend, Dave Rawwing, and his son, Elliot, join us. And um, they said, yeah, you know what, we'll even wake up on, you know, Christmas Eve morning and we'll drive back home three hours, but let's give it a shot. And so, there were logistics even on the trail. There were lots of different things that just had to work out and they did. And I, I, each time I would step back and this wasn't even the trail itself I'm describing here, but I would step back kind of in awe and think, wow, like that really happened. And, and that's where I I think one of the great things, and I I published years ago, an article about backpacking on uh, the national Catholic register about it being really a quintessential Christian activity there are many, many elements. You, you have to go in well-prepared, and so you have to be a co-partner with God to make sure that you do things to the best that you can. 
But there are just many elements that when you put that backpack on your back, especially with your kids, you know, there's a, there's, there's a trust element there. And so um, I could certainly go on and on, but those are a couple of the few ideas. Well, Dr. Schrader, um, as I was thinking about uh, your epic adventure, I, I remember uh, the love for uh, nature and hiking and even skiing of, uh, of Pope St. John Paul II, who wrote about this uh, extensively and uh, how uh, he could see the hand of God in nature. Uh, as you were out there uh, along uh, the Ohio River and, and, the, and the Mississippi, uh, did, you, did you obviously— see exactly what uh, JP2 uh, spoke about, you know, that the the hand of God that we see just in, in nature right before our eyes and it's so easily missed. More than 100%, more than 100%. There were so many times we would, you know, sum it up to the top of a ridgeline and I could think of our last segment and we had just crossed our last major creek, you know, probably at about mile 150 called Hoochins Creek. And as we crossed this beautiful kind of creek bed and, the, and it was in, you know, it was relatively dry at that point. We began to kind of climb and serpentine up onto the ridgeline. And as we got near the top, I looked back, I looked down at this creek as it was doing about a 90-degree curve. And it was one of the many, many moments just standing there, and I thought, how amazing is it that God created a world this beautiful? Like, you know, we, he created a world, obviously, that we had to live in and that we had to be able to be functional and, and you know, live each day. But he didn't just create a world that was functional. He created this amazing, beautiful world that even in Southern Illinois, which no one thinks, oh, that's a destination to go, right? But along the trail, there were so many beautiful moments. You know, one of the other beautiful moments was in the middle of COVID, in the middle of the heart of the pandemic. It was 20, 2020, and we were on top of what's called One Horse Gap. And One Horse Gap is this kind of plateau area um, not too far from Herod, Illinois, ironically. And you had, it's called One Horse Gap because the rock formation has just broken enough so that one horse can get up through this gap and you get up on top of this plateau. And here we are, it's December 29th, it's the, it's the cold moon, it's the full moon, and we're in the middle of the heart of this pandemic, and we're cooking steak on the top of One Horse Gap, looking up at this beautiful, beautiful full moon with you know my crew and, and a few of our friends that were joining us. And at that moment, we couldn't have been further away from the pandemic. We couldn't have been further away from all the worry and all the, you know, all the things that were going on. We were, as you know, put JP2 talked about, we were touching nature and touching God at the same time um, as that moon was over above. And so, so many moments, yeah, so many elements that you just kind of keep with you. And I think that that's what I hope for my kids is that they recognize that there's an adventure out there. Um, but it maybe looks different than oftentimes the adventures that they're exposed to. And my hope is that they carry that with them in many ways. Uh, final moments. I know that you're in the process of uh, of publishing a new book based on the, this uh, great uh, experience. In fact, you even have a title for it. On the Trail with My Kids uh, from the Ohio River to the Mighty Mississippi. I'm sure uh, that uh, you're going to be able to expound much more uh, deeply than just uh, the recent article. Yeah. You know what? Trail is really a microcosm for the trail of life, right? And life really is an adventure. We really have to embrace that each day. And there were times on the trail where <laughs> the six miles out, the pouring rain after that beautiful night on Warn Horse Gap, where you come and you think you're at the top of the world. And then the next day you wake up and the rain starts at seven 
And the question is, what do you do with that, right? You know, how do you how do you handle the the downs as well as the ups? And so, much more to come on that end. Absolutely, as always. Uh, thanks so much uh, for being with us, uh, Dr. Schrader. Many blessings to the rest of uh, these last few days of Advent, and a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Many blessings back your way for sure. Thank you. Pediatric uh, psychologist, Dr. Jim Schrader. We need to take a short break. When we come back, Bishop Donald Hine, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, will be with us to share a meditation on the announcement of the solemnity of the Nativity of the Lord that you will hear at Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. Stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Thursday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Little did he know as he flew with glee A mischievous adventure awaited in a coconut How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. I knew if I were drowning, you'd try to save me. And that's how I saved you. Well, who are you then? I told you I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. Well, you look but like the kind of an angel I'd get. Perhaps my all-time favorite Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. I just love that film. Welcome back to Morning Air on the Memorial of St. Peter, Canisius Priest and Doctor of the Church. I'm John Morales, along with producer Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday morning of the third week of Advent here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app with just four days left to go until Christmas. Now, in case you haven't heard, in case you weren't with us in the first hour so far here early in the show or yesterday afternoon, Drew talked about it extensively. We made a big announcement yesterday. We have a special Christmas gift for you, a long time in the making, a brand new update to the Relevant and radio app. Uh, before you head over the river and through the woods for your Christmas travels, make sure that you download our updated app. As always, you can listen to our live shows. You can find podcasts of all of your favorite programs, including Morning Air. Uh, but now you'll be able to jump ahead with easy-to-navigate chapters and listen on autoplay. This is perfect uh, for you binge listeners. Uh, while you're driving uh, over the holidays, you can also try our Best of the Week segments or the Saints series or, uh, from the Merry Beggars and so much more. There are so many awesome features uh, that you'll uh, discover. So download or update your app uh, from uh, your app store uh, this morning or, or from our website. You can also do it at uh, relevantradio.com slash app. It only takes about uh, uh, oh, about 90 seconds. That's how long it took me to do it uh, yesterday. So don't, don't put it off. You want to do it right away. As always, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, if you have attended a Christmas Mass at midnight, uh, you have heard uh, the Christmas proclamation or the announcement of the solemnity of the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ from the Roman martyrology. This is a beautiful, poetic announcement of the birth of Christ. It begins with creation and relates the birth of our Lord to the major events and personages of sacred and secular history. Listen uh, to the Christmas proclamation chanted uh, by the Kansas monks at uh, St. Benedict's Abbey. 
The 25th day of December, when ages beyond number had run their course from the creation of the world, when God in the beginning created heaven and earth, and formed man in his own likeness, when century upon century had passed since the Almighty set his bow in the clouds after the great flood, as a sign of covenant and peace. In the 21st century, since Abraham, our father in faith, came out of the Ur of the Chaldees. In the 13th century, since the people of Israel were led by Moses in the exodus from Egypt. Around the thousandth year since David was anointed king, in the 65th week of the prophecy of Daniel, in the 194th Olympiad, in the year 752, since the foundation of the city of Rome, in the 42nd year of the reign of Caesar Octavian Augustus, the whole world being at peace, Jesus Christ, eternal God and Son of the Eternal Father, desiring to consecrate the world by his most loving presence, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and when nine months had passed since his conception, was born of a virgin Mary in Bethlehem of Judah, and was made man, the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the flesh. Such a powerful uh, proclamation. It's so moving, and it's a reminder of what it's really all about. Jesus, our Lord. Joining us live this morning is His Excellency Bishop Donald Hying, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin, to reflect on this beautiful Christmas tradition of the proclamation of the birth of Christ. Bishop Donald Hying is the fifth Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Previously, he was the Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and before that, he was the Bishop of the Diocese of Gary, Indiana. Your Excellency Bishop Hying, thank you so much for joining us. It is a joy to be with you once again, just only four days uh, to go before Christmas. Yeah, good morning, John. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for playing that proclamation of the Nativity of the Lord. It is very moving. And it really situates uh, the birth of Christ as the center point of all of human history. It, so everything in history leads up to Christ. Everything leads away from him towards the fulfillment of uh, of the kingdom of God. You know, so for us as Christians, we have the the joyful gift of knowing uh, the truth of history. And proclamation, as you said, really situates uh, the nativity, the word made flesh, in the specific context of of time, you know, both um, secular time, but also uh, the history of the Jewish people. You have to say that you know, in this one person, in this one place, at one time, uh, the fullness of God has been revealed. You see the same specificity in the infancy narrative in Luke's gospel, it, just saying that you know, all of time now has been sanctified because the Lord has stepped into history. So it is 
uh, a beautiful thing to hear at Midnight Mass. Uh, Your Excellency, uh, it, it is, is so deep uh, when, you, when you actually meditate on, on the actual words of this proclamation. What, what do you love the most uh, about uh, this announcement of the solemnity of the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ? I like how at the end the cantor's voice rises uh, to acknowledge that the center point of the proclamation is that um, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem and made man. It's like everything is leading up to that. And we see there the, the unfolding of God's plan, um, his patience, but also his promise. You saw already in Genesis 3, right after the original sin, and you know, the integrity of God's creation has come apart because of sin and now death. Um, God makes the extraordinary promise to the serpent that the, the son of the woman will crush his head in an absolute way. So think of all the time that passed between that moment in Genesis and the birth of Christ. And it may have seemed from a human perspective that God was not acting, but, but he was. He was preparing uh, the Jewish people. He was um, leading forward the course of history, waiting for the perfect moment for his son to enter into the world. So in Jesus, we have the fullness of God made flesh for us. And Christianity is the only religion that believes that. Uh, what an extraordinary thing. It changes all of history. It changes us. And we are promised eternal life, salvation, forgiveness, um, because the Lord has stepped into time. You know, uh, in this day and age, Your Excellency, uh, we've gotten away from that old tradition of uh, saying, you know, in the year of our Lord, 2023, it's the year of our Lord. The fact that we even have an A.D. Uh, in our calendars is all because yeah. of uh, what we're meditating on in this proclamation. And uh, clearly, uh, it, it's a historical event, uh, and it all leads to the birth of uh, the baby of Bethlehem. Yeah, everything centers around that. And we, we see in the whole scriptural narrative the, the ancient love story of God saving us. So we can think of the Christ event as a rescue mission, you know, that, that God sends his son to rescue us from sin and death, to pull us out of the grasp of Satan, as the song God Rest You Mary Gentlemen reminds us. That we were held in Satan's power, and God has broken uh, the shackles of our slavery to sin and death. So really, we can only understand history through the lens of the Incarnation. And I think it's a shame that people don't know um, history the way they used to, because really history leads us to understand who we are, what our mission is, what our purpose is. So for us as Christians, history is going somewhere. It's linear. It's not simply this perpetual cycle of seasons. It's moving towards the accomplishment of God's purpose. It's moving towards the fulfillment of the kingdom of God. And so our lives are going in that direction, too, if we are cooperating with grace. So there's a whole sense of the movement of history towards the, um, the final point, which, of course, is the definitive destruction of sin and death and the restoration of the kingdom, the fulfillment of the kingdom, as we hear in the book of Revelation. And uh, this beautiful proclamation uh, is is only uh, said uh, one time uh, every year, and that's uh, at, at Midnight Mass. Do you have any sense as to why it, it's only at Midnight Mass? Yeah, I would think, uh, without knowing for certain, I would think because it's the um, beginning of Christmas Day. So it's in the, in the darkest of night, um, just when 
everything seems lost. You know, the, the word appears, so the light of the world dawns. So midnight mass is obviously the, the beginning of Christmas Day, and this beautiful mass in the middle of the night that, that speaks to us of, of the light and the darkness, the word made flesh, of grace conquering sin, um, all of that. So it's, it reminds you of like a dramatic royal decree, you know, some sort of decree that a Roman emperor would put out or perhaps one of the, the, the kings of Europe. Um, but it, it's a proclamation from the king of heaven um, regarding the birth of his son. So it's almost like a, a birth announcement from God the Father to the church. Oh, what a beautiful thing. Uh, this is a, a very uh, traditional uh, proclamation that's, uh, that, that has uh, ancient uh, origins. And, and in fact, uh, the current translation that, that we have was actually updated in, in the Roman Missal back in 2011. Um, there's, there's obviously been some, uh, some changes to it to, to, to make it fit a little bit better for, for current times. Um, do you know why they updated it? Yeah, I, I don't, John. I I wouldn't have that at my fingertips. Um, I think with all the things, all the changes of the missile, um, that was probably just part of the modification. But yeah, I wouldn't know that. Yeah, just from a little bit of reading that I did, uh, what I discovered was that in the old, old uh, traditional uh, version that was done in the, in the old Latin Mass, they were very specific about uh, the dates uh, throughout salvation history. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think they, they made it sound a, a little bit more uh, generic so that, you know, it wouldn't make a statement that we know for sure that it was X number of years uh, after the oh. Great Flood or, or so on. So uh, I, I think it, it, it's still... It still does the job. Yeah, no, that's right. It reminds me of the uh, narrative, the genealogy narratives in Matthew and Luke, where you see the the numerical order of the number of generations you know, between, uh, say, the Babylonian exile and the birth of Christ, or the the establishment of the covenant and the Babylonian exile. So there's this there's this numerical symmetry to God's plan and purpose, which kind of shows to us the, the order of things, that just as we look at science and mathematics as these ordered numerologies, we see that same order, that same pattern in, in God's plan of salvation. There's, a, there's an order, there's a purpose, there's a structure to it that is logical and shows us um, the, the beauty, not only, of, of course, of God's reason, but of God's heart and his love for us. And um, this proclamation ends uh, very dramatically uh, with uh, the final line, the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ according to the flesh, uh, which mm-hmm. makes you uh, think of uh, the Gospel of John, um, and, mm-hmm. and the Word was made flesh. Mm-hmm. And also John chapter 6, where Jesus says, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. So we, we see all those connections with the Eucharist, Bethlehem meaning house of bread, Jesus laying in a manger uh, place for food, you know, that the Lord comes to us um, most profoundly in the Eucharist. So every celebration of Mass really becomes a, a continuation and an expression of, of the Incarnation, you know, that in the Eucharist we both see but also consume um, this bread of life, uh, this King of Kings, this, this Word made flesh. What a remarkable gift we have in the Eucharist, that the Lord himself becomes so one with us that um, he unites himself to not only our our spirit, but our body, that our our entire being receives this power of the risen Christ 
you know, every time we receive this bread of life, you know, this, this word made flesh. This beautiful proclamation, the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that you will hear or uh, hear either proclaimed or chanted at midnight mass uh, mm-hmm. is really a reminder of what it's really, really all about. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not about all the parties and the gifts and the presents and all the other stuff. Yeah, amen. You know, it's, it's Jesus' birthday, not, not ours. So we, we celebrate him, not ourselves. Your Excellency, uh, here in the final moments, can, uh, can you leave us uh, with a um, blessing as uh, we're just a couple of days away from Christmas? Heavenly Father, in these latter days of Advent, we ask that you fill us with hope, with expectation, with joy, that when your Son comes to us once again in this marvelous solemnity of Christmas, he may find us joyful and watching in prayer. And bless us and bless all of our listeners in this joyous season. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, uh, Your Excellency uh, Bishop Hein, for being uh, with us, uh, not just today, but all throughout this past uh, year. The, your many contributions really appreciated. Uh, many blessings to you, the, the rest of Advent, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, John. God bless you. God bless you, too. His Excellency Bishop Donald Hine, the Bishop of the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called A Christmas Gift of Love by Jeffrey Keats. Depressed and brokenhearted, a man named Bob May stared out of his drafty apartment window in the chilling December night. His four-year-old daughter, Barbara, sat on his lap, quietly sobbing. Bob's wife, Evelyn, was dying of cancer. Little Barbara could not understand why her mother could never come home. Barbara looked up into her dad's eyes and asked, Why isn't mommy just like everyone else's mommy? Bob's jaw tightened and his eyes welled with tears. Her question brought waves of not only grief, but also of anger. It had been the story of Bob's life, which always had to be different for him. As a child, Bob was often bullied by other boys. He was too little at the time to compete in sports. He was frequently called names that he'd rather not remember. From childhood, Bob was different and never seemed to fit in. However, Bob completed college, married his loving wife, and was grateful to get a job as a copywriter at Montgomery Ward during the Great Depression. Then he was blessed with this little girl. But it was all short-lived. Evelyn's battle with cancer stripped them of all their savings. Now Bob and his daughter were forced to live in a two-room apartment in the Chicago slums. Evelyn passed on just days before Christmas in 1938. Bob struggled to give hope to his child for whom he couldn't even afford to buy a Christmas gift. But if he could not purchase a present, he was determined to make one, a storybook. Bob had created a character in his own mind and told the animal's story to little Barbara to give her comfort and hope. Again and again, Bob told the story, embellishing it more with each telling. Who was the character? What was the story all about? The tale Bob created was his own autobiography in fable form. The character he created was a misfit outcast like he was. The name of the character? A little reindeer named Rudolph with a big shiny nose. Bob finished the book just in time to give it to his little girl on Christmas Day. But the story doesn't end there. The general manager of Montgomery Ward caught wind of the little storybook and offered Bob a nominal fee to purchase the rights to print the book. Wards went on to print Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and distribute it to children visiting Santa Claus in their stores. By 1946, Wards had printed and distributed more than 6 million copies of Rudolph. That same year, a major publisher wanted to purchase the rights from Wards to print an updated version of the book. In an unprecedented gesture of kindness, the chief executive officer of Wards returned all the rights to Bob, and the book became a bestseller. 
Many toy and marketing deals followed. Bob now remarried with a growing family, became wealthy from the story he created to comfort his grieving daughter. But the story doesn't end there either. Bob's brother-in-law, Johnny Marks, made a song adaptation of Rudolph. Though the song was turned down by such popular vocalists as Bing Crosby and Dinah Shore, it was recorded by Gene Autry, the singing cowboy. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was released in 1949 and became a phenomenal success, selling more records than any other Christmas song with the exception of White Christmas. The gift of love Bob created for his daughter so long ago kept on returning to bless him again and again. And Bob learned the lesson, just like his dear friend Rudolph, of being different can be a blessing. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And our thanks uh, to Glenn for that story, Corner. Coming up next hour here on Morning Eric, a Catholic speaker, a journalist, and mom of five kids, Kate Wicker will be with us to talk about Advent in case you're feeling like you failed during this Advent. Plus, our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, will tell us about the real reason why there was no room at the inn as we continue to get ready for Christmas. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this Thursday in the final hour of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.